Welcome to the broadcast today. Here we are at the end of the week. My name is Mike McCurry. I have the privilege of being the director, staff evangelist here at Bible Tracks Incorporated. My prayer as the host of this program is that this broadcast finds you well. I'd like to, if you would allow me, to share a short introduction to our ministry and a quick praise report about what God has done for us. Many of you that have been faithful partners of our ministry know that this ministry, Bible Tracks Incorporated, has been around since 1938. That makes us one of the oldest printers and producers of gospel literature in the world. And we're so excited to be able to partner with Christian workers across the world to distribute gospel tracts, Bible tracts, around the globe completely free of charge. We're going on our 82nd, 83rd year this year, and we're so amazed that God allows this simple ministry based out of Bloomington, Illinois, to do that and continue to do that. Just recently, we had the privilege of printing and producing a COVID-19 track, a coronavirus track. We put out almost half a million of them because of the work of people just like you taking these tracks and using them. I've heard tale after tale, uh, people telling me stories of how easy they are to pass out. People are accepting them in this time frame and so excited to be able to be printing even more of them. I believe we will surpass half a million of these distributed in the next coming days and weeks. Many new things coming soon for BTI. We are so privileged to partner with you for the gospel's sake. I'd ask you, if you would, to consider praying for us. Our ministry, I need prayer. Our ministry needs prayer. Our staff needs prayer. And of course, we need you to continue to be our distribution arm. I do not have the ability in my own power to pass out a million, two, three million tracks every year. But by the grace of God, our ministry is looking to put out close to 10 million tracks this year if the Lord would allow us to. If you'd pray with us about that goal, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now for just a moment, I'd like to talk about a special track. It's called Seven Questions That Boys and Girls Ask. Seven questions that boys and girls ask. Now, these questions are not just restricted to young people, to little boys and girls. They're questions that you might have some curiosity about as well. The first question is this, who is God? And then it provides a quick answer there. Who is Jesus, you may ask? Where did we come from? Who is the devil? What is sin? Other questions, what happens when people die, or how can you or I go to heaven? You may say, those are heavy questions for a child. And no, friend, I believe that children have an unbelievable ability to soak in information. See, as a young person, a young boy, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, because of a decision I made as a little boy, I know where I will go when I die. And so many great testimonies of people that have made that decision for themselves. Nothing against, please understand, there are people that get saved in their later years, in their middle-aged years, in their teenage years. But Frank, can I say this? If we have the opportunity to reach young people while they are still young and can give their entire life to Christ, we would be foolish 
not to take that opportunity. A great way to do that would be to use this tract. We've had people that have contacted us. We had a grandmother contact us because their her granddaughter wanted a tract just like this so she could pass it out at her school. That is an amazing testimony. We'd love for you to order some of this track from our website at the conclusion of the program today. Our announcer will be on to tell you all about how you can partner with us by receiving for free. Again, we don't charge for the material. We don't charge for the ink, the paper, the shipping. We'll send it to you completely free of charge. We would absolutely love for you to be a part of our ministry. Now, how can we afford to do that? Well, the only way that that is possible is through the grace of God and the generous giving of God's people. We have literally hundreds and thousands of people that partner with us on a yearly basis to make what we do able to be accomplished. And I'd love for you to consider partnering with us as well. One way to do that would be listen for the announcer at the conclusion of the program, find out how to contact us. We'd love for you to partner with us. Now let's turn to our Bibles. We've been in the book of Galatians. We're going to continue there in just a few moments. Before we do that, though, I'd like to ask you to grab your Bibles. You know, this Bible study that we are about to embark on and continue in is so much more impactful when you can turn the pages of Scripture for yourself. Maybe you say, I don't have my physical paper Bible nearby. Maybe you'll grab your smartphone. Open up your favorite Bible app and turn in your Bible to Galatians chapter number four. I'd like you to come along on this journey with me. Yesterday, we talked about the importance of adoption, and today we're going to continue our study in Galatians chapter four in verse number one. Let's jump in there right now. It says this, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, Differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. And the verse we focused on yesterday, verse number five, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Let's look at verses one, two, three, and four today. We've talked a little bit and talked really this week about the amazing privileges that you and I have access to as heirs of of Christ. We are, of course, heirs of the bloodline of Abraham, the seed of Abraham. We have access to be part of that birthright. Of course, we are part of the family of God. Thank God for all of those things. So here's a question. Why would someone choose to give their birthright away? Why would someone choose to swear off their inheritance, to choose to no longer be an heir? Well, in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we are acquainted with a story where this exact thing happens. Genesis 25, verse number 29, and Jacob sawed pottage, meaning he made some pottage, some soup, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said what? Sell me this day thy birthright. Well, you don't need to know the context of the story to understand anything more than what's happening in these verses right here. Jacob 
is cooking some soup, some pottage. Esau, a mighty hunter, comes in from the field, and he's tired. He's faint. He's very hungry. He maybe didn't kill anything that day. He did not, he did not get a deer, and so he does not have any food to eat. He asks Jacob, please give me some of that soup there. And Jacob says, he takes advantage of the opportunity here, and says this, sell me this day thy birthright. What should Esau's response have been? Absolutely not. I'll make my own soup. Absolutely not. I'll go find something else to eat. I'll figure it out. I'll tough it out for the next few day, for the next few uh, minutes and hours until I figure out what to eat. I'm not going to sell my long-term future on the altar of the immediate. And yet, that's exactly what happened. And Esau said, "What? Behold, I am at the point to die." And what profit shall this birthright do to me? What a foolish, foolish statement. Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 1 again. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. So again, we have this comparison and contrast between the law and liberty. If you've been a part of this Bible study for any amount of time, you know that that is the main theme of the book of Galatians. Paul is trying to impress upon his new converts, the churches of Galatia, that liberty is the way to go. Faith and grace is the way to go. But they're being pulled aside. They're being interested in the idea of law, in the idea of legalism, in this works-based salvation. And understand here that a child under the uh, Roman rule did not have any real great privileges until a certain amount of time had passed. You see, under the Roman way of doing things, uh, scholars uh, tell us that under the pervasive Roman law that the Galatians would be familiar with and that Paul is likely referencing here, that until a young man was 14, an heir to a birthright, was placed under the authority of a tutor that was nominated by his father. And at the age of 14, you say, oh, he comes of age, and then he has access to the vast amount of wealth that his father has left, left him. No, the father did come of age, but he was still not free to do whatever he liked because he was then placed under what was called a curator until he was 25 now, what young man that wants to go experience the world, wants to be able to have access to his birthright, wants to be put under a tutor and then a curator until the age of 25? No man would want that, but that's what the Galatians were choosing. You see, the law treats us as children. Liberty treats us as having the ability to make our own decisions. You see, we are free agents under liberty. We are nothing but children with no more privileges than a slave or a servant under the law. Look there at Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 3. Even so, when we were children, we were in, were in bondage under the elements 
of the world. What kind of elements of the world are we referring to there? Uh, things like people saying you, you should not do this or that or the other thing. That's legalism. That's the law. There is wisdom at times in following these uh, these principles and these convictions. But understand this, that thinking that any of those things will grant you salvation, false. Absolutely not. The elements of the world, that word elements, it's a very similar word to what? Elementary. When we refuse our inheritance of faith in Christ and the grace of Christ, we dumb ourselves down. We make ourselves elementary. Can I encourage you not to let the law become your schoolmaster like we saw in Galatians 3, verse number 24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster? Friend, I want to serve Christ, not man. See, men will lead you astray. Let me encourage you as we go into this weekend until we meet again via this broadcast on Monday, serve him, meaning Jesus, serve God, have faith in him, trust his grace, not the law. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.